Welcome to New Life with Adam Camp. This podcast is a ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Please visit us on the web at rosemontchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. That was breathtaking. Oh, I'm excited to be here with you. I've been here with you, different services all along, but to be here in the in the pulpit to to share a message and uh, how exciting! Uh, I uh, I had the privilege just a few minutes ago uh, to to talk to the 8.30 service, and it just so happens that the 8.30 service has uh, quite a few of our uh, charter members are the people who came in the very early, early years of the uh, forming of this church in October of 1967. And some of you are scattered all over this congregation. I, I remember uh, I was telling them uh, I, I, the excitement that we had with uh, 18 or 20 people that were uh, worshiping together. And then uh, that 18 or 20 uh, became uh, 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 25 or 30 and... The, the years, months and years clicked by and it just continued to grow. And I, I was reminding them that in, uh, uh, on a Wednesday when we had probably uh, 20 or 25 people present and we had not formed the church, uh, the associational missionary for the True Baptist Association, uh, his name was Elwood Klein. And he, he said to us as we had uh, shared with one another that we, were, we felt like the Lord was leading us to uh, establish a church. We didn't know where. We didn't have any land. We didn't have anything except our bond between each other and, and the Lord's mission in our heart. And uh, Edward Klein said, uh, listen, regardless of where you establish or whatever you do, uh, let it be said if there is nothing else that's said about that local congregation, let it be said, oh, how they love one another. For, for years, that was plastered across our bulletin. And it was the heart's desire then and it is now that if there is one thing that pulsates from this place, it is that we love one another and love the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and want to share that love of the Lord Jesus Christ with the community. And now it's 46 years later. Can you imagine four years from now in 2017? We'll be celebrating 50 years here. Uh, this church has touched six decades the 60s all the way until 2013. And I've said every year, somewhere along about the, uh, the time of our annual celebration or uh, recall that we started uh, X number of years before our anniversary Sunday, I've always said uh, 
uh, because of God's love in our hearts and lives, the greatest days of Rosemont are still ahead of you. And I, I believe, I, I ride into the parking lot at 8.30 and I see the crowd begin to, to grow. I come in at 9.30 and the crowd has already grown to overflowing at 11 o'clock. It is a dream. It is a dream and an awesome evidence of God's love. I want, now I have to say to you very quickly, uh, the, the love of Rosemont among everybody has, has not been perfect. But one of the things that we put together in our hearts a long time ago from the very get-go was that we will be compelled and compulsed by the very heart of God and not by our own. We make our mistakes and we make our blunders, but it is He who gives us life and gives us that awesomeness to share with a world of people. I was talking to the 830 group and I was sharing with them how I appreciated uh, their willingness to adjust and their strong support of what is going on all over this congregation. I, I invited them to walk around. Uh, they, they worship together at 8.30 in the fellowship hall and then they go to their Sunday school class and they miss so much of this. Oh, so many of them would just swell to overflowing if they could see you. And uh, I talked about how, how many children and young people and adults. I, I, I don't want you to forget those people. Uh, they're precious. And uh, I don't know how you would do it. But I would really love to see you really in, take, a, take an opportunity to just embrace them for their, their sacrifice and their vision and their hopes for the future. Uh, they love the Lord. You love the Lord. And you are compulsed and compelled by that very fact. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget the reason why we are where we are and what the message is. And that is to share the redeeming love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the opportunity of being here with you and being able to share this message. I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad to be here, be anywhere at my age. I can't get away from Valentine. We're three days removed from Valentine. I'm not here to make trouble. But all, did all you guys remember to get her something? I'm... Uh, I asked Marion early last week, this past week, I said, baby, what, what, what would you like to have for Valentine's? She said, nothing, honey, nothing. Well, I'm still waiting to see if she was telling me the truth. <laughs> oh, y'all stop it. I gave her something. Put that. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, I wonder how many of you uh, know why we... Uh, why we celebrate what used to be called St. Valentine's Day. Uh, if, there, there are a lot of stories, but there are some stories that are more authentic than others. I have tried to, uh, uh, to cling to the ones that is 
the, the most accurate. You see, St. Valentine uh, lived about 250 years after Christ. Uh, so he was a whole lot nearer to the event than we are. We are now removed 2,000 years, but he was 250 years before. He had a, he had a heart of love. And, uh, and I want to tell you a brief story about uh, St. Valentine. Uh, he, he was living during the reign of, uh, of the Emperor Claudius. Claudius uh, wanted to rebuild uh, the army that had been devastated, the Roman army that had been devastated uh, by wars in the past. So uh, he set out to build the greatest army, and he found out that uh, young men who were uh, unwed, uh, single, uh, were able to train better and become more efficient and effective in what they were doing because the married troops uh, were always trying to figure out how they were going to get home to see their wives, get home to see the children, and their heart was split. So uh, Claudius uh, decided that he'd solved that problem, so he just outlawed marriage of young men until they had served in the military. And uh, that was just the law. And so uh, that was very disturbing. You, you know, love is strange, isn't it? I mean, it, it makes you do uh, uh, strange things, doesn't it? But once the uh, love bug bites, uh, it's a different world. Uh, and, and this is the way it was. It was no different then than it is now. And so the, um, uh, the soldiers were very discontent. And St. Valentine was, uh, was pastor or uh, had that parish of, of uh, soldiers. And many of them would come to him just, just absolutely ready to have their heads removed if they could not get married. So St. Valentine skirted the law and he would get couple, let couples come to him and they would whisper the vows. And they would listen with the ear to hear if there's the stormtroopers were coming. Uh, if, so, if they were coming or there was somebody outside listening, they would just whisper the vows to each other. And St. Valentine was, uh, uh, was doing okay until he was marrying a couple and, a, and they didn't hear the footsteps. And they broke into his little abode and the couple escaped, but they captured St. Valentine, threw him in prison. And uh, while he was in prison, one of the prison guards uh, was also in his parish. And the prison guard's little girl loved St. Valentine. And so St. Valentine was harmless, so he would just bring his little girl to the prison. And she'd sit there and talk with St. Valentine uh, hours upon hours many times. And then when finally came the day of St. Valentine's execution, Claudius literally executed him because he was performing marriages. And uh, St. Uh, Valentine wrote a card to that little girl 
and they found it at, at the, uh, when they came to take him for execution. He said, I have uh, enjoyed so very much our conversations, and I want to thank you for caring about me, and I want to thank you for your love, and he signed it, your Valentine. And when people got word of that, cards started coming and just flooding, and St. Valentine died uh, in his execution. Now you know how uh, uh, that St. Valentine, uh, it, it used to be called St. Valentine's Day, but you know like how, how we like in our society to get away from those things that related to religion. It's just Valentine's Day now. But uh, he had, uh, he started a great love. You see, everybody loves love. <laughs> if, you, if you know somebody's the biggest sourpuss in the world, if they, they really love love. I learned that very early in my ministry when Marion and I went to Mountville in 1961 and was uh, pastoring there in a little country church there for those four and a half years. Uh, there was a couple of people that uh, uh, I was told, hey, Max, you don't waste your time going to see him. He has been, uh, he has just been anti uh, religion, and he just, he is just not a very, you, you don't, don't need to expose yourself to his kind of, uh, uh, of attitude. Well, uh, I didn't stop at that, and Marion and I always visited on Saturdays, and, uh, uh, and we had a little girl with us, uh, to start with, and that was Susan. She was, Sharon was born while we were there at Mountville, but uh, Susan, little little girl, I guess she was four or five years old, and we take her visiting, and that guy just fell in love with that child. Long story made short. Everybody loves love. He loved her. That exchange was shown. I had the privilege of sharing Jesus Christ with him baptizing him. went long until he went to be with the Lord. It's amazing how the most, the, the, the biggest scoundrels uh, love, love. Now, uh, we get love mixed up. Uh, we, we, saw, we, we may even be like the little five-year-old girl, Carrie. She went to her teacher. Now, they, uh, these little five-year-olds tell teachers a whole lot. Uh, this little five-year-old Carrie told her teacher, I know what love is. Love is when the girl puts on perfume and the boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and they smell one another. <laughs> it, was, it, it, it is amazing. I have a question that I want to ask you. Out of prevailing love, I want to ask you a question. And that question is, uh, how do we develop a, and nurture a love worth giving, giving away every day and worth living by every day? And I, I think... I think we find a whole lot of the answer in the 15th chapter of the book of John. If you don't mind, uh, follow with me as I share that message with you. And I think it's going to be displayed on the screen there. Uh, Jesus knew that his hours were limited with his, uh, with his disciples. 
And he said to him in one of the conversations, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you may, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one more than this, to lay down his life, one's life for one's friend. You are my friend if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father I have made known to you. And you did, not he, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appoint you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last and, and so that whatever you ask of my father, uh, he'll give it to you. And this is my command. Love each other. Love each other. Now, that doesn't mean you have to like everything that each other does. But uh, I admonish you on the authority of God's word. You love one another. And you love one another without failure. See, Jesus uh, used the word love a lot. If you look at chapter 13 through chapter 17 of John... He speaks of love 30 different times. Uh, and Jesus used, the, used that word because it is, it is the pulsation of real Christianity where it's a sacrifice and zeroing in on uh, this, this brief excerpt from this uh, evening that took place with Jesus and his disciples. And I believe that Jesus revealed to us uh, how we can obtain a love that is worth giving away. And you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about as we move on, I hope. I want you to understand that love has to be accepted. You know, uh, you know that, don't you? Uh, if you are proposing to your uh, your girlfriend or boyfriend, uh, however it uh, works out this day, uh, that's got to be a proposal. That's got to be an acceptance, hasn't it? Uh, God, uh, the scripture says God is love. He offers us his love. Jesus explains that I have shared with you everything that God has shared with me, and I do this because... He wants you to love him and love one another. We have to accept his love. Jesus knew that uh, the time for him to leave this world was coming. And he said to his disciples, as the Father has loved me, 
so I have loved you. And he says, now remain in that. He told them, hey, guys, I love you. I don't know why that is so hard many times to be said. I love you. A preacher once said uh, that uh, he learned everything that he needed to know about theology from one little song. And that song was, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Any of you remember that? Sing it with me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. You might, may don't, not know the origin of that song. You may wonder why is he taking us through such a, uh, such a uh, exercise as that. That song was first written as a poem in 1859 by Ann Warner. And it was just a poem. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Just a, a little while later, uh, William Bradbury stumbled across it and he added a tune to it, and then he added the chorus. Yes, Jesus loves me. And when he did that, he released that little, little song, and that thing traveled over the United States of America like wildfire. Do you know what the one song, it was, it was translated in more languages. Listen now, tell you the truth. It was, lit, it was translated in more languages than any other song ever written. It was the number one song for missionaries as they would be teaching children. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Why has that simple song become so universally loved? Because it expresses, my people, the most significant and the most profound truth that is known to humanity, and that is Jesus loves me. I hope you can envision that this morning. You know what that's saying? That the God that created all, that the God that created you, that your God, that your God knows you by name and your God loves you and because you discover that your God of heaven, Jesus, Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end, there is none like him, the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. He loves you. And because you discover that fact, that the deity of your life 
loves you, you love him. I want to tell you something. Listen carefully to me. Years of college, seminary, and 50 years of experience has never taught me as much as that Sunday school teacher taught me when she taught me. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus explains it this way. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Listen, let me read that to you again. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's what I had that conversation with our people back there this morning at 8.30 service. It wasn't about us. It wasn't from us. It was because we discovered that Jesus loved us and we could share that. We accepted his love and it's not there just to keep. It's to be shared. In other words, as we draw closer to Christ and we stay connected to him, listen, he funnels into our lives our best blessings because his love is the only perfect love this world has to offer. And there's a lot of need in our society today. But I want to tell you, it's not nearly, the need is not nearly as great as it shall be in the future. I promise you. I want you to know that the love of Jesus Christ is, is so very needed to give lives meaning and purpose in this day. And Jesus said, Greater love hath no one than, than this, that he would lay down his life for a friend. And that's just what he, he did. Jesus did. Our deity, our, the Alpha and the Omega, he laid down his life for us. And that's the first step to develop and attaining a love that's worth sharing. And that is to accept the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that second one very quickly is uh, the, we need to respond to that love. Jesus, in Jesus' day, uh, a rabbi's disciples were generally known as servants. If you look back and reading in some of the prophets, the major minor prophets, they had uh, people around them, men around them, but they, they were their, basically their servants and they learned from them. But wouldn't you know how Jesus would make things so much better? He made those disciples his friends. And he made them his friends and he told them, I, there is nothing that the Lord, that God has told me that I have not shared with you. In your relationship with God, Jesus promotes you from servant uh, to friend. And, uh, and it begs for the question, what, what, what kind of a friend are you? What kind of friend am I? What kind of a friend are we? Uh, can you say, uh, you know, it, for Jesus to say, I love you. I love you, Max. 
I love you, John. I love you, Joe. That's one thing. But for us to say, I love you, Jesus. We sing, oh, how I love Jesus. And we've sung it in our hearts. We know it. Question is, do we really mean it? Jesus said that the first and the greatest command is this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength. And our Lord God, he, the, the Yahweh, the Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit must be the thriving or driving force in our individual lives. So how does uh, reciprocating God's love uh, manifest in, in uh, practical ways? Well, if, if you say it's uh, uh, not too different from other love relationships, it's it's built on trust. It's built on communication. It's built on adoration. In, in other words, on faith and prayer and worship. You see, the things about loving Jesus uh, is that, that our love for him needs to be all-consuming. Also, I... I uh, I remember very well when I fell in love with my wife. Uh, we were in college. Uh, freshman in college. You know, when I fell in love with her, I couldn't do anything but think about her. I, you, you always experienced that? You better. <laughs> when I ate... I was thinking about it. Oh, when I rose in the morning, I was thinking about it. When I, when I was sleeping, I was dreaming about it. That woman was just all over me. In my mind, constantly, thoroughly. You know, I'm going to share a little trivia with you out of my life. We... We were at, uh, when we were in college, it was, a, it was a unique experience. This was in the 50s. We were sitting there, and the, in, we, we'd, we'd go to uh, assembly or to vespers or to whatever it was called. We went in and sat down in a chair, and we sat down beside each other, and there was no talking. You just did. The speaker walked out on the stage, or the principal, or I mean, not the principal, but the dean, or the president walked out. There was total quietness. You just didn't carry on any shenanigans. We could hold hands as long as they didn't catch us. And we'd slip hand down there and hold hands and couldn't say anything, but I had my signal, and it was. Squeeze three times. I love you. Oh. <laughs> and she would squeeze back. I love you too. Then I'd say, how much? <laughs> and she would say, with all my heart. Mm, silly. Well, let me tell you something. This past Thursday morning, Valentine's morning. 
I texted three daughters and ten grandchildren. And I said, if I squeeze your hand three times, what am I saying? And it went out, and then all of a sudden, ding, 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 ding. I didn't send it to the group where they could all reply. I sent it individually. So they could not capture the answer from the others, but it was ding, ding, ding. I love you. And some of them would add also, and I love you too. Uh, say that's silly. I want to tell you, love is the richest and most powerful thing upon this earth. I ask them occasionally, have they seen my name in Forbes magazine? as being the richest man in the world. And they, well, the first time I asked them, their heads popped up. They what, granddaddy? What, granddaddy? What? What? I said, you see, I have you, and I have your love, and I'm the richest man in the world. Nobody has you. Other people have other people, but I have you, and that makes me the richest man in the world. Ah. Uh, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul, uh, speaking to the Romans in the 12th chapter of the book of Romans, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, you know, when I think about that, I, I, I think about the fact that it's really my job, it's really my responsibility and it's really my privilege to recycle what he has given to me. And that's what I call this morning conforming to his love. And when we conform to his love, this is my commandment, he said, that you love each other. Now, I love you. And I'll squeeze your hand if you want me to. But I love you. But my prime responsibility in life was to communicate love to my children, to my son-in-laws, to my grandchildren. And the only reason that my great-grandchildren didn't get their message is because they don't have a sale yet. <laughs> Poor things. Uh, but once that we receive the love of Christ into our life, then we are ready to recycle it without fail. Jesus was very specific. He didn't make it optional. He said, my command is this. My commandment is this. Love each other as I have loved you.
That's a tall order. You'll never be able to accomplish it. But the beautiful part about it is that you can love with the love that Jesus Christ gives. You can let it out. You can recycle it. St. Valentine may have become infamous in defying the Romans' empire and standing up for marriage. But what really made him a saint was that he received the love of Jesus and he reciprocated He recycled it. And he recycled it intentionally uh, to God's glory. Heavenly Father, I, I bow before you at this particular moment to tell you how much I, I love you and uh, how, how, Heavenly Father, your love does what words cannot do. Your love is so, so compelling. And Lord Jesus, I ask you, if by the simple knowledge and revelation and understanding and the quickening of the fact that Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. I pray, Heavenly Father, that lives here this very morning will be changed for your glory. In these next few moments, Heavenly Father, I pray that that person that feels unloved in this congregation can know that they are truly or can be the richest person in the world by having uh, your love and your admiration. For that person, Heavenly Father, that is, is heartbroken, I pray that they can find comfort in your love and the and the reciprocating love of the fellowship. Well, Lord, I would never try to attend to your business because you know the hearts of your people and you'll work your work and we'll be here to receive. I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Will you please stand? If the Lord speak. Lord speaks to your heart in any fashion this morning. You can come pray, you can come talk, whatever your, your need. I, I just ask you to do with what you have heard this morning.
heart with you. I don't want to commend you on another thing that I will, you'll probably hear me do it again one of these days soon. I am so, so blessed and proud of your backing of Adam and the ministries that I told the uh, several people uh, back before uh, I retired. Rosemont was going to open a chapter of, of its life never before tried upon. And that's what's happened. You pray for that mission team. You pray for Adam and you keep up the work that you have done. And God's love is going to be a compelling and penetrating force in this community for ages to come. God bless you. You have a great, wonderful day. Thank you for joining today's sermon. We would love to hear how today's message blessed you. Use the Contact Us link on our website at rosemontchurch.org. God bless.